Welcome to another edition of Purple Talk, the Purple Talk podcast on NBC Sports California, brought to you by Wendy's. I am James Ham. Joining me from San Antonio, Texas, Mr. Doug Christie. What's up, DC? What's happening, Hamster? All is well. Yeah, uh, the Sacramento Kings are struggling a little bit. They're they're scuffling a little bit here, but injuries have taken their toll on this team, uh, Doug. We've got Marvin Bagley almost on the on the mend. We've got Bogdan Bogdanovich who may or may not play, but uh, it, it feels like they're getting close to to at least getting some bodies back. Where are you at with this team as far as injuries and and how they've reacted to the the unfortunate set of circumstances that have kind of plagued the early half of this season? Yeah, well, you know, when it when it comes to injuries, first of all, you can't you, you have no idea when injuries are going to come. There's not too much you can do about it. You can d- do what I call prehabilitation, and that's trying to get as far ahead and make sure that you're flexible and strong and dynamic and all the things that you can do to watch out for them. But when they come, they, they come and you got to deal with them. I personally think that the Sacramento Kings have responded fantastic. Uh, a lot of people, and Grant and I have talked about this because he was one of them that just was like, you know, I, I don't think it's going to happen now when De'Aaron went down. And I said, no, I think that they're going to be all right. I think what you're going to see is guys step up. And a lot of times when you lose star players, when you lose players who are big to your ball club, it deepens your team because others get the opportunity to step up. I think the Kings have done that. Uh, with that being said, you can still see where De'Aaron and Marvin are sorely, sorely missed, not to mention how much deeper this team will be once they do return. You know, Doug, you bring up a couple of points there that I, I want to like sort of bring out a little bit more. Um, I think what, what this injury situation has done, it's, it's allowed players like Rashawn Holmes to find his rhythm and to find his place with this team and really develop into a, a very nice starting center for the Kings. It's allowed Corey Joseph to, again, just get that, that little bit extra uh, where, where you know he was always going to play, but early in the season he was only going to play like 14, 15, 16 minutes. Now you've been able to like really integrate him into your system. Uh, you've kept Nemanja Bjelica fresh and, and playing. Uh, maybe Trevor Ariza's starting to find his role with this team. I, I do think that once everyone is healthy, uh, you can see how if you plug in a guy like De'Aaron Fox instead of Corey Joseph, you can see where the improvement will be. But then now you've got a, a really solid player in Corey Joseph that knows the players around him. Um, and the same thing with Marvin Bagley. Like, look, I, I think that the Kings hit a tipping point. If you don't have Bogdanovich and you don't have Marvin and, and De'Aaron, I don't think you can win games. Like long-term, short-term, I don't think with all three of them that you can win games. But if you filter Bogdanovich back in and then you start getting these other players healthy, uh, I really do think that they've they've created something that's that's intriguing to me. It is defensively, I think they're good. Offensively, they're finding their way. Uh, but Doug, how difficult is it? I mean, you've been through this when you're plugging and playing all the time, and then a starter comes back and and you have to adjust again. You know, I'm glad that you brought that up because I want to 
you know, warn Kings fans a little bit and and allow them to understand that a lot of times when you say, oh, man, Marvin's coming back, fantastic, De'Aaron's coming back, and we're, you know, based upon where we were playing, we're just going to shoot up. That's not how it really goes. You're going to see some ebbs and flows, and you you may regress a little bit, but ultimately you're going to be trending in the right direction. It's going to take them a little time because you got to take into account new coaching staff, Players are getting injured. Now you got other players that this is a good thing. They're finding their way, like a Rashawn Holmes, like a Corey Joseph, like a Yogi Ferrell, uh, like a Justin James. These guys are, are getting minutes and finding their way. But when these guys come back, now Luke Walton is going to have to readjust and find roles and find rhythms and different things. Ultimately, in my opinion, you brought Dwayne Dedman to probably pair with Marvin Bagley. The problem is Dwayne hasn't played fantastic. Rashawn Holmes is now taking over that position, but Rashawn Holmes doesn't shoot from the perimeter the same way Dwayne Dedman does, even though Dwayne hasn't made shots to his percentage as far this year. So how are all these things going to play out? That is going to take a little bit of time. It will get worked out but it's going to take some time. The Kings are going to be better for this. It's just going to take some time to work it out. Yeah, and when I look at the the two players specifically that are gone um, in Fox and Bagley, number one, they're your two highest free throw guys. They're the guys who get to the line with the most frequency, and this team has really struggled to get to the line. If you add those two pieces back in, uh, we should be able to see an uptick of you know, anywhere between 8 and 10, maybe even 12 free throw attempts additionally per game, just because that's part of their style. I think when you look at Bagley, you're looking at your best interior scorer. Uh, you're looking at your best rebounder. When you look at Fox, you're looking at your distributor, your number one distributor, your fastest player. So I really think that uh, that these are the right pieces. If you were to go out and say, how do I make this team better? Well, give me a speedster at the point guard position that's long and athletic and, and give me 18 points a game and go get me a, a guy who can play in the low post because as of right now, they really don't have a true post presence. I think what we've seen is the Elitas tried to do that a little bit. We've seen some really nice stuff out of Harrison Barnes, but more off the dribble as opposed to a true natural back to the basket. And Rashawn Holmes, while he's scoring it, I mean, his like, shooting percentage is like 68%. It's absolutely incredible he still is not comfortable anywhere outside of like six feet away from the basket. So I think Luke has a lot of adjustments he's going to have to make. He's going to have to figure out. I mean, there's no question to me that Rashawn Holmes has earned that starting center position, but how do you put him next to uh, Marvin Bagley? Can one of them run a high post? Can one of them stretch the defense a little bit? Uh, I think a lot of questions about how you're going to work that. And, you know, you brought up Dwayne Dedman. In my book, you know, most teams go with three bigs, a three-big rotation, and then pepper some of Harrison Barnes in there at the four. I think Nemanja Bielita has earned that position over Dwayne Dedman, and I think he's going to still see time once the uh, all the starters are back and, and everybody's healthy. And, and I really do think that um, it, it makes for some really strange dynamics that, uh, that Luke Walton's going to have to deal with. 
Yeah, and, and listen, it's not a it's not a bad thing. When you have depth, it's a good thing. What does that do? It pushes everybody in practice. It it, it makes people come early and stay late because they got to sharpen that things up and make sure that they are delivering. I mean, you're going to get opportunities. I mean, Justin James got an opportunity that he was given and he took full advantage of it. Why? Because he was ready for the moment. He had worked his butt off and he continues to work his, his tail off. So those are the things that it doesn't matter if you're a rookie or if you're a fifth or six-year player when your opportunity presents itself are you are you prepared and ultimately the goal is for the kings to win ball games and now you just have to figure out the recipe because uh if you watch these guys compete and they're competing with a, a, a less of a bench and less talent but they are still competing on a night-to-night basis yeah i think i think you really doug you have to be impressed with how luke has held this team together how he's made adjustments I mean, really, the, the Kings have the slowest pace in the league after being the fastest pace last year, but it's clearly by necessity at this point. I don't think we would have seen them be the slowest pace team in the league if he still had Fox and Bagley. Uh, but it's, it's really the things that he's done has shown to me that he actually does have some coaching acumen um, that you know maybe we didn't, we didn't know. We don't really know who Luke Walton is yet as a coach after just you know one couple-year stint with the Lakers. Um, and, and, you know, roving personnel with the Lakers, you know, young team and then a young team with LeBron and some really oddball, mis, you know, mismatched pieces um, <laughs> in his final season. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but, Doug, at this point, I, I think we're getting to see that Luke does actually have a very good grasp of what he's trying to do. And then he's going to have to morph. He's going to have to be something different once he's at full strength at you know the 25 game mark at the 30 game mark whenever he gets the iron fox back um i guess what is it that you see that they need if there's anything that stands out to you that you you would say like look i i really wish they could do this better or that better you know oddly enough it's shooting which is crazy because we never thought <laughs> yeah. we would have probably questioned the shooting of the sacramento kings but um, you know, I, I really, when I look at this Kings team, I just think they need the time together to continue to formulate. I, I think that they have some fantastic pieces. I think the pieces put together are are, are the biggest sum for them. That that the whole piece is greater than than any individual part, and that is what team basketball and team sports is all about. And we haven't seen them as a whole, particularly at, at, at this point right now. So, uh, but I would say that it, even past shooting, the greatest piece, and, and I've talked to you about this uh, many, many times, and we've heard Luke say it. Um, I think these guys have to continue to learn how to play basketball. And as they continue to develop, to develop as basketball players individually and the, and the basketball IQ continues to rise, they will be able to exploit their individual talents at a higher level. Buddy will be able to shoot better. De'Aaron will be able to uh, be in the open court more. Uh, Bagley will be able to use his athleticism. Uh, Bogdan will be able to use his playmaking. But that is the ability to learn how to help each other and play. And that's something that we're seeing on a night-to-night basis because you mentioned – Luke Walton's coaching, and part of what what you see is 
he has to micromanage. He'll call a timeout. When they come out of a timeout, I mean, they either get a wide-open shot or they get themselves a bucket. That's great, but you only have so many timeouts in the game, so you can't stop it. So they haven't really learned how to manipulate that themselves by saying, okay, we need to get a bucket. Here's the hot man. Here's the mismatch. Let's go there without Luke really uh, diving into it. So uh, you got to coach the pieces that you got. And I think Luke understands that, you know, coming into the season, you weren't thinking that you were going to get all these injuries and different things, but that is life in the NBA, my friend. Yeah, definitely. And you brought up shooting and, and buddy healed in that. And, and I'll say this, um, I've watched Buddy. Nobody works harder than Buddy. Nobody wants to succeed more than Buddy. Uh, he actually has contractual reasons for being great this season uh, as far as incentives built into his contract. But from what I'm seeing, Doug, is number one, he really, really misses De'Aaron Fox. Uh, you know, Because Fox, at least two or three times a, a game, would break down the defense, find him wide open on a spot on the perimeter because all the attention is on Fox. And to be honest with you, the other guy he really misses is Marvin Bagley. The, the Kings, with the way that they're currently constructed, if they are basically a group of three-point shooters that are built around a guy who can play in the post and a guy who can run the point and break down the defense. You take away those two pieces, and I think they've done a remarkable job of, of even staying remotely close to 500. The fact that they're 8-12 and 12, uh, as of Friday morning is, is just shocking because they easily could have fallen apart completely when they started season 0-5. But I think when you add these other two ingredients, uh, it, it just really it formulates what the Kings team is supposed to look like. And when they're shooting 38 threes a game, and they're not, uh, like a handful of them, maybe eight of them, aren't really good three-point shots. They're just three-point shots because you've got no other option. That hurts you. And when you are doing things uh, in, in the flow of an offense where you have these other two pieces that, that take some of the pressure. I mean, we're always talking about spacing the floor for Fox, spacing the floor for Bagley. But when you take those two pieces out, it, it almost inverts itself. Now they can't find a way to get the defense off of the three-point shooters because they don't have those other two pieces. Uh, so I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what this team will look like once it's flowing, once it's back to normal. And again, I think Marvin Bagley, he's, he's not going to play in San Antonio from what I, from what I know. Uh, there's an outside shot. Um, but you're looking at him maybe Sunday or Monday. And worst-case scenario, I think, you know, when the Kings come back and they play against OKC on Wednesday... Um, but you get that ingredient, and then Fox is probably two to three weeks out still with the ankle, but you're getting closer, and Bogdanovich is getting closer to 100%. So I think they're on the right path, right? Yeah, I, I definitely do. I mean, when, when it comes to injuries, especially in today's game, when you deal with a guy that like De'Aaron, he, his, his speed is his greatest gift at this particular time. So you have to make sure that that's right, because without the speed, without the explosion, he doesn't he doesn't scare the defense. He doesn't gain the respect of the defense the same way. Marvin right now is about athleticism and things like that, but his he'll be fine when he comes back, but it's, it's a thumb. I mean, you can only do so much with uh with the fracture and you have to wait sure that make sure that it heals because believe me, 
his thumb will be a target the way that he plays on the interior. Guys are swiping and smacking down on it. So you got to make sure that it's going to be able to withstand the, the blows that he is most likely going to receive. And then with Bogdan, he, he's a warrior. He tried to get out there. It didn't work. He, you know, he, those are soft tissue injuries. You just don't know what it's going to be. But I'm excited for this team because I think, listen, you, you, you're, not, you're going to be better when you get Fox and Bagley back. It's just going to be the massaging of figuring out the pieces, how they go together, and all the things that come with that. Yeah, I hear you. All right, so – uh, Doug, we do have one other, like the elephant in the room that's been hanging sort of over this team since uh, this summer is the Luke Walton situation off the court. And uh, we have some clarity now. I think that's, it's a big thing for Luke. It's a big thing for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, even for Vlade, who, who really stuck his neck out here and said, look, I'm staying with Luke. Um, but Kelly Tennant withdrew her chart, her uh, her claims against Luke Walton. Uh, she dropped her civil suit against Luke Walton um, on, on Thursday. Uh, how much can something like this be a burden to you and, and keep your mind? I, I mean, I think for a lot of these guys, even for the coaching staff, the basketball court is where you you come to put it all away, and you know that's. You get focus 100%. But having a distraction like that and now go away and at least feel like you're slightly vindicated, um, whether everyone believes that or not, you know, I, I think it, it does open a door for him to kind of take a deep breath and say, okay, I'm past this. Let's move on to the next phase. Um, but what is it that you're seeing from this angle uh, and, you know, with Luke sort of clearing this hurdle? You know, to, to be honest with you, and, and I've been around Luke uh, quite often, especially with the ability to go to practice and things like that. I hadn't even thought about this, Ham. I, I'm going to be quite frank with you. I hadn't thought of it since it, it broke and it was kind of a story and we were kind of waiting for a resolution. And being around the team, this isn't something that was, I didn't feel a vibe. I didn't feel anything. It was Guys focused on their business. Luke immersed 100% in coaching this ball club, the coaching staff trying to figure out the best way to go about their business. And it popped back up, but it popped up back up with uh, some resolution. So from that standpoint, yeah, it is fantastic. Guys can move on. Everybody can move on about their business. But there was no time uh, that this, in my opinion, ever became a distraction besides at the very beginning when we really didn't know what it was, what it was going to be. Uh, to Luke's credit and Vlade as well and the front office, they've handled it. It was it was quiet. Uh, let's try to figure out and get to the resolution and what is it going to be. And finally, you get there and Luke is vindicated. So uh, well done on their behalf to be able to navigate the waters and figure out a way to stay focused on being a professional day-to-day. -day. Yeah, and, and to be honest with you, Doug, I feel the same way. Like, once we got past that initial phase with Luke, um, and the, the Kings did kind of, like, keep Luke on the down low for a while. You know, it was a couple of months there where during the summer where we did not talk to him, uh, we did not have access to him. Um, but that slowly has broken down a little bit. Um, I, he, to me, he has not been reserved. Like, uh, he's behind the scenes, like, off the record. He and I have discussions quite often. He's not been uh, avoiding the media or anything else. 
So I, I think this is a good thing, though, for him and his family to just kind of like move away from this and, and get on with the rest of his career. And so um, and, and I think with certain groups of fans, I, I think it also um, maybe you can take a deep breath and, and give Luke a little bit of a different look now, um, whether, you know, some fans feel that way or not. I, I'm sure that there are some out there that don't that that are always going to be you know, apprehensive. But at the same time, uh, you know, I, I think this is a it's a good moment for Luke to move forward with his his life and his career. Um, so, Doug, uh, besides that, you know, do you have anything else? The Sacramento Kings are, are 8 and 12. They, they need to pick up some wins. This is a tough road trip. Uh, but, you know, they're still beat up, and we have to be at least understanding. They're, in the immortal words of Paul Westfall, there are reasons and there are excuses. And I don't think uh, losing De'Aaron Fox uh, Marvin Bagley and Bogdan Bogdanovich for stretches, Trevor Ariza for stretches is an excuse. I think it's a reason why the Sacramento Kings have struggled out of the gate a little bit. Um, but, you know, I think they're coming around a little bit. You know, I, I do too. I, I think that the ability to go on the road and continue to compete at a high level when you look and you're going, okay, well, how are they going to work it out? What, what's going to be the way that Luke manages this game? How are guys going to come out and compete? I thought Portland was a big one because it took a Herculean effort from three of their their top three players. I mean, you look at what Lillard did to close the game. He's done that many times versus the Kings, but it took him to do it. It took uh, McCollum to really stem the tide and get hot for a long while. It took Carmelo to give you 20-plus. And then if that's how, you know, Kent Bazemore to heat up and knock down some really timely three-pointers to beat a Kings team that is missing their, their main pieces on top of their main bench piece that the last time they faced the Portland Trailblazers, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich scored 25 points and had 10 assists. So it's quite impressive, uh, but there are no moral victories in this. No one's going to feel sorry for you. What they have to do is they have to continue to work compete at a high level, try to garner as many wins as they possibly can. If they do not, uh, by the time you get everybody back, figure out a way, like I said, at about 40 games, if they were able to be around 20 up and 20 down, I think that they are in striking position to be playing well and still maybe garner that, that eighth or you know right in there that last playoff spot. But it's going to take a lot of work from them. Yeah, I, I hear you. All right, so – I'm going to finish with this. Uh, the, the guys who have been there, who have been playing, um, I'm going to point out that a lot of these guys are playing a lot more minutes than they've ever played in the NBA. And there's going to be a moment here where uh, you're hoping that, that these guys hold up, that the, the bandages, the ice, the, the wraps after every game um, are enough to keep this team together right now until they get at full strength. Um, but... I, it's not always pretty, but I want to give a hat tip to uh, Corey Joseph for being an absolute pro. And while he plays his game, uh, and, and again, it's not always pretty, he has been able to be a stabilizing force. Uh, Rashawn Holmes, who I don't think has ever played more than like 24, 25 minutes a game, uh, has been a monster for the Kings, playing upwards of 30 on most nights, uh, some nights going way more than that. I think Harrison Barnes has given this team everything that he possibly has and then some 
he's he had an off night against Portland, which he was very pissed about afterwards. Um, but this guy is out there playing 40-plus minutes a night on most nights out of necessity, uh, not because that's what the design was coming into this season. So I think the Kings' depth has shown itself in a completely different way than we thought it would. We, we thought this team would be 10 deep, 11 deep rotationally and would have all kinds of options. What we've seen is that this team, out of necessity, has had to use that depth to play 30, 35, 40 minutes a night some nights and just try to hold the ship together. So uh, while I, I think everyone would like to see the Kings a few wins higher, and they easily could have been, um, even just with two-minute reports that have come back the wrong way for this team, um, they could be at 500. Um, but I think they're hanging tough, and I, I think it's been an intriguing season to start. Uh, so, Doug, I think that's going to do it for this edition of Purple Talk. If, if you guys haven't listened to the Bogdan Bogdanovich interview or the Peja Stoyakovic interview, go back and listen to them. Both are really cool. Give us some feedback on what you think of the new style that we're doing, Purple Talk. This is a little more like our old school uh, Kings Insider podcast, but uh, with interviews and video and everything else, give us some, some feedback, and we'll see you next week. Uh, so for Doug Christie, I am James Hamm. Thanks for tuning in to... Purple Talk podcast on NBC Sports California, brought to you by Wendy's. We'll see you very soon. Go Kings. Thank you for tuning in to the Purple Talk podcast, formerly known as the Kings Insider podcast on NBC Sports California, brought to you by Wendy's. If you haven't already, please hop on, give us a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast. And this season, Purple Talk is going on YouTube. We're going to have a whole new video component to this, and I think you're going to like it a lot. So tune in next week. Doug Christie will be back. We'll have a huge guest. Thanks for tuning in to the Purple Talk Podcast.